Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of For the Love of Queens with me, Brandy Johnson. And I have a special guest with me today by the name of Mira Matthews, who is actually the owner of a company called Socially Focused Marketing. So hello, Mira. How are you today? Hi. Good morning. I am well. How about you? I am doing excellent, as always. So, guys, we have, we want to share with you a couple of the events that each one of us have been through in our lives that we feel have kind of molded us into the people that you see and know today. For me, there are a couple of events when I was younger that truly let me know what type of person I am and what things keep me motivated and moving forward. But Amira, I actually want you to share one of the events in your life, whether it was when you were a small kid in your teenage years, or even more recently, that you feel has really shown you and helped mold you and develop you into the person that you've become right now versus the person you believe you will still continue to, to evolve into. Let's see. Um, there's, a, there's a number of events, um, but the main person that's made me into the person I am today would be my mom and her love of travel, her love of information. Education, yes, but also just learning. So one of the wonderful things my mom would do is that we were always going somewhere. Even if it was a weekend trip to visit a friend. Um, every summer or even um, for spring break or winter break, as you some say, we would go to Florida, but we would drive. So my mom doing that let me know it's okay to travel. And for some people that's like, oh yeah, of course it's okay to travel. But the more I talked to people and um, encountered others, I realized, no, there's people who never lived the city they were born in, especially if it's a big city like Philadelphia or New York. They've never mm -hmm. left it. Or the furthest that they've gone is like, the suburbs of that city. Um, I never knew people would be scared to travel or not even just scared, but it would never cross their mind. Why do I want to go somewhere else? I'm perfectly content here. Content. You know, that's, that's very funny because that touches on something that's very important for anybody that wants to achieve any level of success. You have to know that you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. There are these things called comfort zones, and they basically block us in if we allow them to, or if we push past them, they help us to achieve different levels of life. So what I want to know is by traveling, do you believe that traveling has helped you to have a better understanding of like different ways of thinking and stuff by other people that you encounter? Yes. Um, travel lit the candle curiosity in me, partly. Mm -hmm. um, it made me curious. I want to, even to this day, the only reason I'm not going around the world every weekend is it's just not financially feasible, but it will be soon. Um, it's, I love the truck. Like it just, that seed it's for parents out there, that little seed, that little thing you do will, will plant that seed in your son, cousin, nephew, someone, and it will just keep going. Um, with travel, I got to see different places. I've got to experience different cultures within the U.S. And people forget 
it's not just Spanish, French, German culture. It's state by state, city by city, section by section. One one reason, um, especially now, America is so polarized is because people don't talk to each other in different regions regions of the country. They don't sit down and have coffee because it's just not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Take Europe, for instance. Um, before they had the EU, everyone had to be blocked in by borders. And they had to get a, all this paperwork to travel between countries. Now that it's free travel with the EU, um, the relationships, if you look from 20 years to now, how the change of tone and how people interact in different countries and where you see those people really lets you know how travel and, and, and going from different areas of the country to meet and greet and understand the way people think really helps the, the overall dynamic conversation. Yeah, that's the, that's very, very true. But so that, um, yeah, that's a very interesting uh, perspective and understanding of how some of these things have seemed uh, low level or, or even innocuous. Um, it helps pull it together and make a, a bigger picture that all of us can kind of visualize and understand. The incident. Think of it as <clears throat> why do you, are you so hun- comfortable home at your hometown? Because you've broken bread with those people, you've had coffee with those people. You've seen those people every day, or at least you're vaguely familiar with those people. A sense of safety, a sense of home. Mm-hmm. When you put outside of your comfort zone and you're in an alien environment, you become defensive naturally. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure you can curb that because some 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 defensiveness and distrust is okay because you don't want to, you know, someone walks up to you, I know, oh, this is $20. To, to park here and you give them that $20 and they just walk off. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for your ticket. Uh, I'm not saying that happened to me, um, but I'm not saying it did happen. I'm just saying. Um, totally happened. <laughs> <laughs> it totally happened. Yeah, let's... <laughs> oh my goodness. When I was younger, um, I went to the city and me and my friend, we drove up to the city and uh, we were looking for a parking spot and everywhere was we didn't want to do street parking because we didn't want to get a ticket because we didn't know really the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just pulled into this lot that we saw other people had parked in. And this guy walks up to us as we pull in because you can tell we're looking for the attendant, right? <laughs> Comes up. He's not in a uniform. We should have probably let us know. But then again, people, if you've ever been to Philly or even New York, the parking attendant doesn't always have a uniform. Mm-hmm. They're just in casual clothes. So, oh, $20. Okay, here you go. <laughs> we sit and we wait for him to get whatever we're thinking he's going to get. <laughs> Walks away. <laughs> we think he's going to the booth. Wait, wait. Nope. Why is he going down the street? Man, we have to get something. Uh... I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, you yeah. got guy. But again, that comes, that comes with prepping, though. And that's something that's actually what my first incident that I believe helped her or contribute to who I am now. When I was younger, um, 
and we we we'd been talking about this before but when i was younger um i used to take up for the kids that couldn't you know stick up for themselves and one day i was at the park and these three or four little kids they have been like between the ages of five and seven were like absolutely tormenting the heck out of this other kid he had been about 10 or 11. i'm like why are these little people messing with him so I basically went over, cut his short. I was like, you guys need to stop picking on him. He's not even doing anything. So they quickly turned on me. Now, I was probably about 12, going on 13 at this point in time. And these little kids were hitting me, kicking me, punching me, calling me out of my name. And I'm like, one, who raised you? Because they're failing. Two, most people, because they were given it, would have given it right back. But me, I removed myself from the situation. Though I was hurt and very frustrated, even at that age, I knew it's wrong to beat the hell out of a little kid, no matter how bad they're acting. And that incident has actually reminded me of the level of control and my ability to understand the consequences of some acting now in the moment versus paying attention to what could happen. Cause honestly, as a bigger kid, if I mess around a whale on them little kids, like most people would in that situation, then what? Then you got to deal with the parents. Nobody wants to deal with the kids' parents because one, the kids are already off the chain. So where do they learn that behavior from? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so if the kids act like that, I can only imagine what the parents act like. And don't nobody want to deal with that level of craziness. So that incident, though it hurt in the moment when it occurred, looking back on it now, it helps me appreciate the level of compassion that even though a little kid like that would get it from somebody else, I understand essentially they're a little kid. They don't know better yet. <laughs> nobody's taught them. Yeah. And it's that level of understanding that I have a soft heart, even for the most ratchet and off the chain of people that I might uh, encounter. There are times that they catch me in a weak moment and if they're being disrespectful or nasty for no other reason other than the fact that maybe they hate the job that they work at or maybe they're just having a bad day or maybe they just didn't, didn't have the level of compassion and care to let for somebody to let them know that we love you and care about you, even though we don't know you. That's why I have a different level of understanding, appreciation, and patience with people that a lot of society would just write off. So have you ever experienced anything like that? Um, actually, yeah. So one thing a lot of people don't know about me is that I have hearing loss. I was born with it. I was a preemie three months and I would have to wear hearing aids. Once I, my mom, once insurance finally agreed to pay for them, that is that's in the healthcare system is a whole different topic, but, um, <laughs> but being different as always, always makes you a target. Be it the color of your skin, your gender, your height, you talk different accent. Being different more than likely will make you a target of some sort. 
be it positive or negative, the attention's gonna be on you. So I remember when I was, what grade was it? Was it third grade? I think third grade, um, because that's when I had those big funky hearing aids. Um, they, I was teased, like people would tease me um, about having hearing aids. And they would chase me around the playground and then it got to the point where I'm like, what's the point of this? You do you, I do me, leave my people alone. Um, I wouldn't react. It got to the point I wouldn't react to what people were saying about me or nitpicking at me. Because to be honest, I couldn't hear half of it. So I'm like, okay, whatever. What, what, what are you doing to me? <laughs> You're taking up my precious time. This is my recess. I'm not going to let you spoil it. Even at that age, I'm like, okay, what's the pros of just wasting time on something I can't fix? Because you're obviously not going to stop. Or letting me just move myself out of the situation and just go do my own thing. Um, I was a very chill kid. I was hyper yet chill. Um, but yes, that you as a kid, you learn more about human behavior that you don't re- that you seem to forget into adulthood mm-hmm. um, because we're told to forget it. We're told to ignore our natural instincts. And I bet you can't even, some people can't even remember some of the things that they learned as a child instinctively that they did. But as an adult, they have to relearn or they're like, they stomp down on because they don't want to be rude or impolite. Um, so yeah, but that, as a kid, being teased for being different, either having hearing aids or being one of eight black kids in my school district, <laughs> um, when we moved to the to uh, when we moved when I was in middle school, um, ironically, I was not teased for a long time. It was more like instant cool factor because of MTV and all that. As you can hear in my voice, the disappointment came quickly and swiftly mm-hmm. um, that I was not MTV material. I'll never forget how someone walked up to me and tried to do like this handshake and fist bump and hey my hey my sister, I think is what they said. And I was just like looking around like who me? Who who are you talking to? Like looking to my left, looking to my right, nope, I don't see anybody. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, it was just like, okay. And I clearly remember my mom and her boyfriend at the time, him especially, I loved him to death. He was awesome. But he literally fell out of his seat laughing so hard. <laughs> because I came home like the first or second day of the school. And, he, and I said, they're acting like they're scared of me. Mind you, I was shorter than I am now. I'm 5'2". And, um, yeah. And I was barely over, like, 90 or even 100 pounds. I was, like, a little petite little thing. I still kind of am, but not nowhere near what I was. But, yeah. (laughs) Well, to be honest, honestly, um, I probably didn't break 100 pounds until three years after high school and I'm five five <laughs> yeah then I probably wasn't under 100 pounds let's be honest <laughs> but yeah I like who, what am I gonna do like who 
it's, yeah. Um, but no, that being different helped. I think I'd rather not be the same because it doesn't give you. So this is something that I've noticed. Those who are different, um, they either go one or two ways. They're rec- much more empathetic. Mm-hmm. True. They're more understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say they're willing to stand up for others because some of them do not want to become make a target of themselves again. Mm-hmm. But they do. I see more empathy and understanding and more openness to various viewpoints. Um, when you're different, be it say. Um, because you've got to go, go through a struggle and you understand others who have to go through a struggle. You might not agree with it, but you understand it. True. Uh, like say most, and I'm not saying painting everyone with the same brush. Um, so a lot of gay people, uh, one thing I noticed is especially the older generation, mm-hmm. like the ones who had to stay in the closet longer. Mm-hmm. I noticed their just outlook on life is they're either quietly conservative, but they understand. And they have a, a pride that was for, forged in fire almost. Mm-hmm. Because they had to hide something for so long. And when they finally embraced who they were, be it if you agree with it or not, um, I'm talking to your audience in general, it's that they went through something that they had to hide a piece of themselves. Um, and they finally came out and they had to really cut ties with a lot of things that was home. That still happens today. A lot of people are rejected um, for be it who they are, gay, whatever orientation or something they want to do. Say a family wants their, their kid to be a doctor and they want to be an actor. And some families, that's like, Black sheep territory. <laughs> that's like, say what? I said, that's like black sheep territory. How dare me? Exactly. You are the part so, of this family. Yeah, you're no longer a part of this family. You're embarrassment. Like that type of thing. And to get over that, you always carry that hurt I see in those people. Mm-hmm. But they are, there's someone I want to know. Like I know I like them as a person because they they went through that hurt, that pain, and they came out stronger. They, everyone says, oh, the pain's just going to make you stronger. That sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Because if you've never been hurt, then you're very surface. You only know the good. You don't know how good good can be if you haven't experienced the bad. Does that make sense? I feel like I'm going into, like, Chinese fortune cookie territory. No, 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 no. What what you just said makes absolute sense. And honestly, um, as far as being the different, because I've always been a little bit different than what would be considered normal, especially being a black woman. But um, a lot of people don't know, like I was born in Germany. So I went to a school on base that was K through 12. So the school was very, very diverse because when you're in the military or closely associated with it like I was as a kid you have people from all over the world 
and you you have all kinds of kids and you don't see their skin colors. In fact, I didn't know the difference between black and white until literally probably until I was like in high school. I never really noticed it. People were people to me. You were either good or you were bad. <laughs> so when I got back stateside, I didn't understand why certain things were the way that they were. You don't realize what you're, who you, I don't want to say who you are, but if it's not in your household, if it's not really a thing, like if it's not made a big issue, you're not going to worry about like what color you are, who you, like, you're just you. Exactly. And it's other people who've got to be like, well, no, this is you, this is your place. Ah. Okay, half of it, yeah, I'm black, but there's no place. I can do whatever you need, need, can do, or want to do. I can do the same thing. Or the same with being a female. Okay, yeah, I'm a girl, and your point is what? Exactly, because people try to tell me because I wasn't a girl. I was a girl, excuse me. I am a girl. I am a woman now, but as a little girl... I love to play sports. I wasn't the, the, the Barbie kind of kid. I was the kid that wanted to play with the race cars that spin around the track. I wanted to play football. I wanted to play basketball. I played baseball. And typically, as a little girl, you don't have a whole lot of little girls who like to do those things. They're, they're brainwashed by the, the fake babies and stuff. I'm like, I want no parts of that. Thank you. I had real little cousins that I helped raise. <laughs> And I help babysit. So if I wanted to play with a baby, all I needed to do was babysit one of my little cousins. <laughs> so I definitely understand that. And honestly, at, even at this point in life, I'm still a little bit of a tomboy. I don't like dresses very often. Like every now and then I'll get in my little mood that maybe I want to wear a dress or there's a special event coming up that kind of would make more sense to wear a dress and be presentable. Wear a dress and be presentable. <laughs> but I'm not one of those like I don't do dolled up like if I need to for an event or a function or something like that I absolutely will because sometimes you just need to step up and put your best foot forward as far as that goes but I'm perfectly satisfied with me I still love sports every now and then you'll still catch me busting out a backflip somewhere <laughs> <laughs> It's just a part of me. I was a gymnast for a very long time. So, yes, the backflip thing is for real, folks. I can still do a backhand spring like nobody's business. <laughs> I am very impressed by that. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> so, that's why one of my goals in life is to get a house so big I can flip across the room. Because right now, I love my house. Absolutely love my house. But if I was to do a backflip, I would hit a, a wall, a ceiling, a door. <laughs> I would hit something oh, and probably hurt myself. <laughs> but in wrapping up here. Oh, there's one what? other thing. Yeah, that's, okay. that's what I was going to ask. What's the one, one other thing you'd like to say before we go ahead and wrap up for the day and I, continue on with our beautiful day? I, um, so I went to a Jewish daycare. Mm -hmm. uh, Catholic elementary school, a public school, and my grand 
grandmother um, converted from Catholicism to Islam when she was younger. So I've got, I've had experiences with um, three of the major religions and friends who were Hindi and just getting a viewpoint of that. And this is, it's the same, not going to offend anyone. It's just their pillars that hold each religion up are the same. So people are the same in the sense mm-hmm. that maybe their food's not the same. They might not look the same. The dress isn't the same, but what matters, the integrity that each group tries to uphold, the, the do, do as to others as you wish to be treated, the emphasis mm-hmm. in selfishness, selflessness, and giving mm-hmm. to others, that's there. Um, the version of thanksgiving is in each religion of giving thanks and giving back to your neighbor, helping others when they're in need. That's all the same thing. You just might speak to a different language. You might look different. You might say someone's name's different. Um, but the basic core concepts are the same. And that really... I think a lot of people don't get that. They said, oh, you believe in something else that I don't believe in. So you're, Mm -hmm. we can't be friends. Mm -hmm. Take a time, take a step back, look at what, like the basics. Like don't look at the extra, I call it the fluff, the story that goes with it. What is the basic core principles? Break it down to the, the, the least common denominator. And you'll see that it's the same, it's the same across the board. And that's why, and again, this is just me. I love God. I love all of his people. But I do not like religion. I am not big on politics because I find both of them to be highly divisive. When at the end of the day, I feel that all of humanity should come together to live as harmoniously as possible in order to lift as many people as possible. Because everybody has a deep level of potential that sometimes goes untapped because we're so busy fighting over the stuff that doesn't actually matter to notice somebody's gift and bring it out of them. So absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. And that wasn't to bring in religion. That was just, that was something that shaped me into way, um, into where that I literally crave culture. I crave the differences because it's just awesome. It's amazing. And it can inspire you to new things. Um, even within, within, like, say, the Middle East, everyone says they're the same religion, basically. But no, everyone, think of the geographical differences, the different food, the different people, the different culture. Don't let religion um, or a, an area, preconceived notion, stop you from exploring it. Even walking into a restaurant that says Lebanese restaurant. Off the top of your head, do you know what that is? Like, some people just think curry. Nope. And it's really good, the food. Like, food is life. If you can't connect with someone on an intellectual level, connect with food. I'm not saying you're dumbing it down, but, like, start with something that we all need and we all love, food. Absolutely. Everybody loves food, music, (laughs) 
food, um, music. These are all universal languages that we can all uh, basically use as to as a way to open the conversation on certain things. But we have actually reached the end of this episode, loves. If you want to get to know Amira Matthews a little bit better, feel free to follow her on Facebook. She can be reached at Amira Matthews. Her name is spelled A-M-I-R-A Matthews, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S. And you can plug in to her business as well if she offers the services and products that you are looking for in order to grow or learn how to grow an existing business or one that you'll be building soon. So I love you guys so much for joining us today. And I hope that everybody has a wonderful, not only day, but next couple of weeks until we come back with the third episode of For the Love of Queens. Definitely. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for letting me join. And uh, my name is Amira Matthews. You can check me out on my Facebook page. Like Brandy said, AmiraMatthews.com. I mean, Amira Matthews on Facebook and my business, SociallyFocusedMarketing.com. If you need digital marketing services, that's my thing. But if you just want to say hi, I'm open to that too. Lovely. All right, you guys. Until next time. Bye.